Welcome to the Mustang Owners Podcast. And now your host, John Clore. Hello, Mustang fans, and welcome to another Ford Performance Edition of the Mustang Owners Podcast. I'm your host, John Clore. As the Enthusiast Communications Manager for Ford Performance, I hope you are reading my efforts in the Enthusiast section of FordPerformance.com every week. And as always, my co-host is Mustang Hobby Guru Mike Ray, who also happens to be the president of Moxum, which is the Mustang Owners Club of Southeastern Michigan. Mike, tonight you've done it again. You've snared us a big fish. Oh, yeah. Um, big, big fan of our guest tonight. And uh, I just remember the first time I met him and just super impressed and all around just a guy. Well, you and I uh, are going to talk about this guy for a while because, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be talking with Rob Gillardi. And we knew Rob back in the day when he was just a whippersnapper working on the old five Mustang S197. And um, that's when, when Mustang people get involved in, oh, who's the designer and who's this guy? And and then, you know, he kind of went off, uh, he did uh, like the Lincoln MKS and the Expedition Navigators and working on. So we we knew he was there. And then uh, after a while, here he comes back. We, you know, as the designer on the 2013 um, and 12 Mustang Boss 302, one of our favorites. Uh, boy, we really got involved with the guys back then. And Rob did both exterior and interior, engine wheels. I mean, he was all over that thing. But for the 2010 Mustang and also the GT500, did interior and exterior. So Mike, we knew Rob was really playing with our minds with these great Mustangs. And then of course he led all the way up to the 2015 Mustang. And, you know, that's when I wrote my second book and knew that he was heavily involved with that. And then of course, Rob, knowing him, he had to go play with more stuff. And so he went on to expedition and navigator and worked again with Lincoln on the Corsair and and on the 17 Continental, which was one of my favorites, you and I, Mike, remember we talked about why doesn't all Continentals have suicide four doors? Yeah, I was on that program for very, very briefly, too. Um, but and don't forget to mention that Rob was one of our Mustang heroes during the 50th celebration. Oh, that's absolutely correct. Uh, yeah, we brought him out to that incredible incredible party for the 50th because he, he, you're right he is his hand was in so many great mustangs and uh, but then you know after he played with the mustang here he goes again he wants to play with more icons so we find out that he was working on the, the bronco and the bronco r and now even the bronco raptor come on and then just recently uh we got to find out that he wound up going to be chief designer of lincoln and now working on the new zephyr and future lincoln programs rob gillardi Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Ah, I, it's, a, it's a pleasure. I wouldn't miss it. Well, you know, with a, with a career like the who's who of doing icons at Ford, the, the good thing about your career, Rob, is that you're never bored. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what's, what's interesting is, you know, the, 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 uh, the crazier a project gets, I know it'll just, uh, it'll just come back again, uh, on the next one. So, uh, but thank you for the, uh, the nice intro. I'll have to, uh, I should have you write my LinkedIn. Profile. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mike, Mike, tell Rob about writing intros for Ford Motor Company employees. Can you, can you share that? We, oh yeah, we have to tell that story. So, um, Rob, I don't know if you were in attendance or not, but back in, I think it was 2012, I think it was John, we yeah. did the, um, 
general meeting for Moxham at the Fort World headquarters um, in the auditorium. And we had all the big mm. shooters there, Farley and Mark Fields and, you know, and Vaughn and Parasec, everybody was there. And, um, you know, I had this whole long list of people that I had to introduce and call them up on stage. Well, the night before, you know, John's great at writing intros. So I said, John, I go, um, here's a list of these guys. I need intros for all these guys by tomorrow. Can you do that for me? <laughs> John wrote all the intros. And uh, John, I got to tell the story about Mark Fields, right? Yeah. So uh, Mark Fields comes on stage. And, you know, after I introed him and he came up and as he was walking on the stage, he whispered in my ear, Mike, that was the greatest intro I've ever had in my entire career. I said, well, thank you. <laughs> and I took credit for that, but it was really John. <laughs> T- typical. I'm sure Rob has a lot of this at Ford Design, but a typical. When you need it, oh, I need it tomorrow. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah. 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 yeah that we, was right. We, we, no, we no, operate we, on the timeline of yesterday. Yeah. Exactly right. So we knew um, with your, especially Rob, when you got into you know S197 was such a smash hit, and you know now you go to a car show and they're just the staple of car shows and. Um, mm-hmm. And now, and then after you, it was really when you got into uh, working on the boss program uh, and, you know, and do, when you really started with the 2010, I think that was really when we started hearing your name more and more often. And I know then you, then you got yourself really involved with some of the performance variants. Was that kind of tough after you'd worked on the 05 and then gone off to, to do a lot of, um, you know, Mercury's and, and Lincoln's and then to come back to Mustang was did you, was there any reclamation period where you say, hey, I got to get groove back into this new, this new Mustang? It's like riding a bike. You, <laughs> you don't forget. And, and, you know, it always felt like I was coming back home, right? I mean, you, you guys know my, my personal story with, you know, Mustang and, uh, uh, you know, I still have, uh, I still have the gold uh, S197 um you know that matched uh, my mom's gold uh, uh 69 mustang first car i rode in when i was at when i was brought home from the hospital out in uh huntington beach california and um you know i i got us to make a uh a gold <laughs> one year only very rare yeah uh for the 2010 and uh you know brought brought my son home from the hospital uh in that car so you know that's just, one of the know, coolest stories all the other designers must hate you for having such a cool story because other ones go, well, I came over from Chrysler and I wound up here. You have a story that dates back to your tininess when you were just a little tiny. That is true. That's true. <laughs> so, yeah, so it always felt like I was coming back home and, you know, I, and, and, you know, you're right. I had a lot of intervals uh, in between uh, different Mustang projects, you know, from, I, you know, we did the 05 and then I, I went off and did something uh, else, got onto another project. And uh, then came back and uh, started working on the uh, the 2010, um, and uh, you know worked on worked on the 5.0. Uh, you know did the the appearance of that to make it you know really look like a 5.0, which was the which was the hardest secret ever to keep. <laughs> right? I remember being with you guys. I think it was down in Indianapolis. Yes. Um, and there was a show down there. And somehow, I don't know how, but I got them to give me uh, a GT500, right? So the, the 2010 GT, nobody had seen one yet. Right. And it was a black, it was like a triple black, right, car. Uh, and I think we actually, we, we, we drove it. I think I led the lap on, on the speedway with all the cars behind me. And caused a ruckus, you did, cool. yes. 
<laughs> yes, caused a little bit of a ruckus. And I remember being up there on the stage. And of course, I knew the 5.0 was coming out. And, and of course, you know, um, you know, everyone, uh, everyone kind of guessed and, you know, was one of the, you know, uh, the, one of the probably, you know, secret, but everybody, you know, expected it. And I remember people asking me about, you know, well, isn't the 5.0 coming back out and knowing full well, here I am working on it. <laughs> um, but, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very, very good at, uh, at, at, uh, at dodging those kind of, uh, <laughs> those kind no, of injuries, no. but yeah, that's totally fun. No, you, you actually took bullets. Uh, I remember Mike Ray, uh, we, you know, when the, every time the Mustang gets a facelift or, or, or completely redesigned, anytime you tweak anything on the Mustang, you're going to hear it. You know, that's just the way it is. And when the taillight tweak came, oh my gosh, you'd think, you know, the world ended. And I remember Mike uh, asking if we could bring that up at a meeting about how many people didn't like the candid taillights. And, and, and I got to mm-hmm. tell you, Rob, you explained it in a way where, the, where a layman could really understand the reasoning behind taking a tweak on the Mustang taillights. And a lot of people just, oh, they're just messing with it to change it. That's not how you guys work when it comes to Mustang. Right. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's everything that we do, right. We know that, you know, we're, you know, curators of, you know, of an icon, right. It's, it's a, it's a museum piece, right. We're, 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 you know, we're the, we're the security guards in a way, um, you know, protecting, uh, you know, protecting the pricelessness of, of the brand. So uh, when we do things, you know, there, and, you know, I haven't, I haven't been on the Mustang for, for, for quite a while, but, um, you know, I can tell you that when we worked on the, the 197 and then the one other one, you know, the second 197 and the boss and the 13, Everything that we did was was you know we we were always very careful um, and and calculated and um, really understanding that you know this this isn't something that we can uh, that we can take lightly um, and you know I remember uh, obviously now uh, you guys have seen the construction going on around uh, PDC oh yeah. Uh, the product development center and you know there's a whole new campus going up and it was probably about time but but i remember um you know when i'd come to work and uh you know even if i was you know stressed out or something was going on i'd walk across the courtyard and i even did this when we were working on bronco and you know i have all the books you know i was a, you know i was a car nerd uh-huh. Uh, as it, I've got all, you know, I've got your books. I've got, I got lots of books. I'm looking at them right now in my office and, you know, I, I the original Mustang was done there. Yeah. Right. Yep. The, you know, all the generations and, you know, all the, you know, T-Birds and, and Bronx, everything from 53 up. And so you just, you get this sense of, of, of history and, you know, to some people it's, you know, it's, it's, you can get caught up in the in the jobness of it and the workness of it, but what it means to so many people. You guys were talking before we were on the call about Carlisle. You know, I can imagine the caravan that's going down there, and <laughs> and people. This is this is what they do with their free time, right? Right. So, uh, you know, it's it's super important for us to be, um, uh, to be cognizant of that. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, that's why, you know, we appreciated your efforts there. And I know um, when it comes to the PDC, I actually wrote a Mustang Times column about, you know, how sad it was that some of that, maybe even that little rotunda area couldn't have been kept on this gigantic new modern Google style campus because, you only have heritage once and, and just walking there and seeing like Gail Halderman's clay with Joe Oros's handiwork in the back courtyard and then having that courtyard completely thrown away and, you know, take paradise and put up a parking lot kind of thing. I, I just yeah. felt some of it should have been, because that's really what makes Ford different than the other car companies. We, that we, this isn't our first rodeo and we've had icon after icon and that word icon gets thrown around a lot. Yeah. I've actually got a couple of, uh, I've actually got two stories when we were doing the 13. Um, we had an opportunity to, uh, you know, really progress the lighting, you know, advanced lighting was, you know, it was really coming to the marketplace at that point in time. And even though it's, you know, been about 10 years um, at the time, you know, these were, these are really advanced things that we were trying to do uh, with the lighting. So we had the opportunity to, um, to redo the tail lamps um, on the car. And, you know, we'd obviously, you know, heard the feedback and, and, um, so I actually did the tail lamps uh, on the 13th and, and one of the um, interesting things about it is this is when you got these, a lot of these led um, sort of light strips, you know, were, were coming into, um, into play in the industry. Yeah. Everybody had them. Yep. Everybody had them. Everybody had them. Everybody was doing them. And it was, you know, this, this trend that was starting. So we had to think about, well, how are we going to do this in a way that, uh, you know, makes sense for Mustang. And so we, you know, we obviously did a number of different sketches. And the interesting thing about the the back end of, of the car is that's when we brought in the black applique between the tail lamps, right? So, uh, and that there was a lot of debate about that because, you know, the the, the classic, uh, you know, Mustang was, you know, the, the tri-bar lamp, you know, at the ends, you know, sort of anchoring the ends of the car. And now we were sort of blending them in into this into this you know full width stripe but what we found is that do, by doing that it made the back end without even really changing the fenders uh because the lower face was changed but the fender rear fenders are not it made that whole car look even wider so john you had mentioned before when when i was talking about the 10 and the reason we we kicked the uh the the uh, the rear fascia you know forward was to make the car look a little bit shorter from the side and a little bit wider from the back. So using that and then using the full width uh, black, you know, um, you know, coast to coast, you know, from, from one end to the other made this car look super wide from the back. But here was the trick. So when we did the tail lamps, they're obviously, you know, you've seen them, right? They're black and they've got the, the three uh, sort of rings. Now that was hard to do because all of these other light strips at the time had a beginning and an end, right? Well, there was no beginning. There was like three infinites per side. So these tail lamps were not yeah. cheap to do, yeah. <laughs> right, from, from a part cost standpoint. And so, um, 
you know, they, they, they actually called these the Gilardi tail, at Paris, <laughs> called these the Gilardi lamps. And because he got pulled in by Derek Kuzak about the cost, he's like, these things are, what, he's like, what, why do we, why are these lamps, you know, so, and he had to go in and actually defend that why these lamps, they're the most expensive tail lamps Ford had ever done at the time because of the LED count and the fact that um, we didn't have a beginning and an end. So you couldn't just, you know, shoot from one end or the other and have it fill the space in between. They had to be uniform around those three rings. And I remember going back and forth and back and forth with the supplier and, you know, just really like tuning it and making sure there were no hot spots and it had to be right. And, you know, and now every time I see one go down, that you you don't you don't miss those lamps. Oh no, oh no, Mike. Like, you know, even now, that. Yeah, and years. you know, uh, Rob, that's an area where design kind of you know forced engineering, uh, and then get some technology that wasn't used previously, and to make something work for the design. And I think that was a great thing. I mean, and you you know you talked about you know the, the, the when the car looks wider and flatter and lower, it's always cool. And you know, it for a while the rear fascias. Uh, it put on a little weight back there, like it, the Mustang's been going to Taco Bell at three o'clock in the morning, and nobody wanted that. <laughs> but uh, but but the the cars, I mean, they ever since S197 have evolved so rapidly and so well. And then, you know, then we did make a, a big change. I mean, it was a after you left the program, and I, I still can't believe you went off. How do you go from Mustang into probably another one of the more difficult? jobs at Ford, which was to recreate the Bronco, because I remember the media saying, oh, they're just going to slap a Bronco badge on, you know, some SUV. And I don't know if it was a Rajner or Kuzak, but somebody said, hey, listen, we're Ford. We know what a Bronco, we know what a Bronco should look like. And I, that gave me hope. And Rob, I think from the sport to the current to, to, to Bronco R, you guys really knocked this one out of the park. Everyone loves the look. Well, you know, uh, you know, thanks. I mean, you know, I was, I was part of a, a of a very um, large, uh, very talented design team, and uh, we were all uh, very ingrained into what that car, you know, or what that vehicle, I should say, needed to be. You know, we did the same thing we did on uh, on Mustang, right? We, we, you know hung out with the enthusiasts, right? We got to know the passions. We, you know, traveled to different events. Um, and, you know, what was great about it is about halfway in the program, we got reunited with Dave again uh, when he when he took over uh, the, uh, as director of all of the icons. And so it was like, you know, with, with him and with Jeff Seaman, who worked with us on the Bronco or on the, uh, sorry, the Boss 302, uh and, and uh laura rose and so it was again it was like coming back home and we're like all right right we did that we did that horse and now we're going to do this horse and uh it, it was the same sort of commitment um and curation you know that uh that we applied the mustang so i you know i feel very lucky i've gotten to work on on both uh you know both of these uh icons so yeah, the only bad thing that's happened is my pocketbook. Because you know, every time I I design one of these things, I gotta go buy one. <laughs> and uh, you know, I have I also have this bad habit too of buying an old one, right? So I've <laughs> oh, got God. oh my, so God. I've got a uh, you know I've I've got my my S one nine seven Mustang, uh, mm-hmm. twenty ten, 
Um, I've got a 66, uh, which, you know, uh, I have a story about that. I'll tell you. And, um, then I've got, uh, I've got a, you know, a 21 Bronco, uh, and I also have a 68, which currently is, uh, which currently is disassembled, uh, in my garage right now. So, uh, at some point I'm going to have to realize I'm, I'm, you know, uh, you know, not, uh, one of the favorite uh, late night hosts who has, you know, big. Yeah. yeah you, you actually work for a living. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I, it's, I just, you know, it's, it's, there's only so much, uh, you know, so much I can uh, work on at once, but, but yeah, every single time, you know, I work on one of these things, I end up, you know, going and, and, and adding one of them. So um, yeah, that's, that's the, that's the, uh, that's probably the only uh, unfortunate thing to, to my uh, bank account. <laughs> Well, we have to tell you, you know, a lot of people believe that the original Bronco was very utilitarian. It's a little boxy thing. And uh, they were afraid it would just be, you know, just just draw a box. How, how tough could can that be? You know, uh, didn't the uh, one of one of Mike Ray's least favorite cars, the Honda Element, you know, you just make a toaster and uh, and put four wheels on a toaster. And and well, Rob, I used to kid everybody. But when your toaster goes bad, what is it usually the problem? It's It's the element. Anyway, um, so, so <laughs> bottom line for us is well, that when the Bronco came out, it actually looked, you, you modernized and stylized those very utilitarian old original Bronco square, just base car and made it, you, you put some style to it, much like you guys did when the S550 came out uh, to mm-hmm. take Mustang's you know base and to try to recreate that with a highly stylized um, look that I believe uh, has really worn well. It still looks great in the marketplace. Yeah. yeah. 10 years. Well, well you know, yeah, you guys uh, hit so, it on that one. Well, thank you. I, you know, I think the, I mean, the same principle applies to both, right? I mean, you know, you, you have, you have the cues and you have the, the, the composition of the way it was put together. And what's really important, I think, that that you know uh, it's something that we 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 look at um and and may not always be apparent is the underlying architecture has to be right so yes the approach may be the same right you you mentioned you know you mentioned the element right that's you know and and a lot there's a lot of vehicles that are that are exploring you know and and going towards this we'll call it a more robust you know more geometric nature and and again you know uh you know enabled by the success of the mustang right we had the other two uh you know tread automakers bring back you know their their muscle cars as well but in all of that i think it's it's really important to understand the cues don't make the car they they help connect it right they help connect it to the bloodline and and you know just like you're looking through your family tree or your pictures you know you're like oh so and so kind of looks like he looks like his uncle's nose you know yeah that's there but the underlying architecture of the car has got to be right and it's got to be set up really well and the re- I think the reason the the 197 is still you know you see it now I saw a number of them this weekend you know and they they still look good well, well the, uh, it's it's not just because we put the four round lights in the front and the tri bar lights in the back. It's because the underlying architecture is right. Same thing with the 550. Um, you know, we, we were able to modernize it, but the architecture was right, right? And we, we tuned all of that. There's so much work that goes into that. 
Um, that that's what takes the the longest time is getting that getting that right. Um, and then you know, obviously, you know, we know what what cues uh, you know we need to incorporate. So, no, Mike, Mike and I will vouch for that. We both have S one ninety sevens, and uh, you know, we don't have the wherewithal to. Um, you know, my wife wants to waste our money on stupid things like mortgages and food. I don't know. I just, anyway, um, <laughs> so we what we do is we we kind of monitor what the club says. And I remember when S550 came out and Mike, wasn't there a lot of people saying, oh, my God, that thing's like a fist. The front end's too big. It looks like I remember going to the meeting, the Moxa meeting, Mike, and somebody said, oh, the front end looks like a fusion. And I thought, no, it doesn't. And and I, it's one of those cars that I mean, it grew on Moxum. And it, it, I liked it from the get-go. I mean, Mike, didn't you have a little bit of pushback? Yeah, but, you know, it was more sort of the early renditions, like the the more European-style mm-hmm. look, um, like as we talked about in A Faster Horse. But, um, you know, they still had the same thing with SN95 when that came out. The same exact thing happened right after Fox Body, right? Sure. So you're always going to get that. And, uh, you know, I think after people, when they when they come to see what it is and then actually realize and see it in person and see, feel, and touch it and drive it, um, you know, and butts and seats, right. That's what does everything. But Mustang has always been Mustang. And um, no matter what anybody says, it's been pure throughout the whole time. And it's all because of people like Rob, you know, that's, that's well, right, Rob. No, that's, that's hundred percent, Rob, take a bow. Well, that's uh, well, thank you very much. Um, well, I know that's, what's nice about being car poor is that, you know, you can park, I can park. In fact, I have in my driveway right now, the 66 and the, and the 2010 are parked um, right, right against each other. And, you know, they're, they're vastly different packages, vastly different sizes, but they're both Mustangs, right? And um, it, it's nice to be able to see the, both what the, what the relationship is, but also what the progression is, right? And I think that's something that it's, it's probably one of the hardest things. It's easy to create something that is, is, uh, has got a lot of noise to it. It's a lot harder to create something that's, that's simple. Um, and by simple, I don't mean boring. Simple, I mean it only has what it needs to, to, to be what it needs to be. It, and I know it's kind of a run-on sentence, but it, it's really distilling everything down and I, I think you would agree on all of these, you know, Mustangs we've talked about, and you mentioned the Bronco. You know, if I look at my 66, um, which is a, you know, it's not a fancy, uh, you know, first gen. It's it's a notchback um, that, uh, you know, not a numbers matching car or anything like that. But, you know, you, you look at it and it's, 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 it doesn't have any more than what it needs. Right. Um, and you look at a 550 and it's the same way. It doesn't have any more than what it needs so that you get that clean read and that clean message of what the car is all about. So, um, you know, I, again, that I think back that's, to you guys. That, that's, that's all design. And, you know, we talked, yeah. you, you look at a 6566 today and whether you see one on the road, it's always thumbs up time. Like that car, it's in. Rob, it's in TV commercials as we speak. It, all these 58 years later, they're still putting it in commercials as if people are driving around in first-gen Mustangs because it's so yeah. it, it it still looks pretty. And and that's yeah. not easy to do because I can't say that a no. lot about about compact cars of the early 60s. And it and that, still holds together. That's yeah. That's, yep. That's I all brought it out of storage and I, you know, I can't say if people, you know, 
giving me, you know, thumbs up. Some guy walked up to me and gave me his number, you know, if I wanted to sell it. A friend of mine was like, oh, he might be thinking of getting rid of it. He's like, oh, really? Here, let me give you my, you know, and, and that's, I mean, that that's something that's, that's the reason why, even though I should sell it, because I need to, I need to fund the reassembly of, of yeah. one of my other cards. I did the same thing. Um, yep. Sell one to finish the other. I, I haven't gotten rid of it yet. And, Good. Good. you know. You're Rob uh, Gilardi some... for crying out loud. You got to have one. Darn it. <laughs> no. Well, it, but, does but, have, it does have some provenance to it. I got to tell you that. Yeah. You know, and we, is... Mike Ray told me, um, you know, he, uh, he said, hey, we're going to, I think it was the 14 memory show behind headquarters, Mike. Remember, uh, he said, can you get Halderman down here? And and Gail showed up. Uh, Mike, we got a bunch of pictures of that. I don't know if you remember those when he, he was on, he's very, not a very unassuming, he's just a very quiet guy. And I put my arm around mm-hmm. him, Rob, and I, I pointed over the 1,000 Mustangs that Ray had assembled from Moxham's show. And I said, Gail, look at this. Have you ever thought that Mustang would turn into this? He goes, absolutely not. I mean, we all loved it, but not all these years later to see this. I said, just think, Gail, had you drawn a turd, no one would be here. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't I say that? It is pretty- <laughs> how many people's lives you affect, right? <laughs> Um, it's a beautiful car and and now that and there's so much now in the aftermarket for s550 that you go to a car show they're all modded does that bother you rob that you, you take a nice clean mustang and then some guy goes into five different aftermarket catalogs and his s550 looks nothing like you did well it's something that look it's something that that comes to the territory right you what, what you want to do and the reason that mustang is so successful i think is because you know, everybody, and the reason the original was so successful, right? Everybody could make it their own. And so you sort of, you sort of have to step back and go, well, look, if, if all these, if all these customers are enjoying it, right, let, let them, let them do what they want to do with the car, right? They, they, they liked what you put out enough to go and, and purchase it. And now they're putting their own personal touch on it and they will be you know, as proud as, as the, you know, grandma stands up when their son wins the science fair at school and, you know, starts cheering, right? They're, you know, um, you know, so no, I mean, you know, sometimes you're, you kind of wonder sometimes when, uh, when you see certain, you know, pieces come out and you're like, hmm, I wonder, I wonder why they did that. Um, but look, you know, you got to let, you know, you got to understand that this is, that this is a canvas and uh it, it's something for people to enjoy so it doesn't remember, bother me on i remember when uh somebody put out a continental kit uh for an s550 mustang and i showed it to kimal kirik and he really goes, yeah he goes find me this man <laughs> <laughs> like why it, it okay. was awesome i actually work for kamal now I, I could imagine him saying that oh yeah he, a continental kit yeah a continental oh, kit on an s and uh we uh you know i I was interviewing him for my 15 book and, and he was trying to mm-hmm. describe the design process for the taillights to try to make them almost 3d. And he took my uh, Ford racing steno pad, my notebook, I was taking notes and he pulled it away from me. And he actually drew his explanation into the pad. You know, I saved that because it was, because that's, really awesome. cool. that's, he was so passionate about, I mean, the taillights on the Mustang and that's how you guys are. But, I have to tell you, Mike and I, we go to Carlisle every year. And one thing we used to always sneak down to, Mike, remember, we always went to the Lincoln dinner. So you've got a couple of closet Lincoln people here. And it's not just, you know, the 61, 62, the big continental convertibles that are the craze of, um, 
you know, customizers mm-hmm. these days, they, they're saving every one of those, Rob, because of the, the, the beautiful lines. And, and as you said earlier, that car is not very adorned. It's not like an ostentatious Cadillac. Uh, those early Lincolns were just, I don't know, gr- just clean and graceful there, but they're just as powerful, not having giant timeless. fins on them. Yeah. Timeless. And, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's funny. I, you know, we're all, we're all very passionate. I, and I was, you know, I'm very lucky to, uh, you know, you know, I worked, you know, alongside Kamal on the, on the 550, you know, he's now our global director of Lincoln design. So I, I work for him now as a, as a chief designer and, and we, you know, we apply the same passion, um, you know, to our current work as, as we have before. And, and, you know, it's, it's the hundredth year of Lincoln this year. Um, you know, hundredth anniversary, uh, we did a, uh, we did a, a, a tour through the archives. I think it's on, YouTube, uh, where I took people through a hundred years of Lincoln design. Um, and you know, how we're always looking towards the future. We just released our star concept, which sets us towards, you know, the next hundred years. Um, so I, I think, uh, yeah, it, it's kind of interesting how it is a small world, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, when Mike, Mike and I were talking about talking to you tonight and, you know, we were just, should we, should we ask him if, um, uh, it just doesn't, is the Lincoln, heritage impacting his the way he thinks about future lincoln's the way mustang heritage i we don't think so but only you can answer that is lincoln design heritage something that is uh, you guys are conscious of or can you just you have more leeway on future lincoln's than you would say on mustang well yeah no we're we're conscious of it i mean it's the, the the answer is yes and no right i i think um what's really important about about Lincoln is Lincoln was always successful when it, when it curated its own uh, path towards the future, right? If you, if you go back through a hundred years of Lincoln uh, vehicles and design, um, the, the, the standout uh, ones were ones that were never a looking backwards or B looking out the window and trying to copy somebody else. Right. They were always their own. As you said, they were always, you know, distilled down to the essence of a statement that they were trying to make, whether you're talking about the, the 36 Zephyr, which was the, the first successful uh, mass produced, you know, aerodynamic vehicle, first unibody uh, throughout the, the Continental Mark II, the, you know, the 60s, uh, you know, Continentals, um, you know, the designer series that was done on the Mark IVs and Fives. Um, you know, in the 80s, the 84 Mark um, 7, I want to say, if I got that right, I should know this because I, 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 I wrote the script. For this thing. <laughs> um, but the 84 Mark 7 was the first American car that had the uh, uh, Euro, uh, you know, flush lamps, right? And so that mm-hmm. made its way, that enabled, you know, what we did on Mustang SVO, the, the refresh of, you know, when we went from the um, you know, the 87 uh, Mustang, right? I remember when that came out with the round fog lamps, you know, and, and the fascia, and I literally lost it. I was like probably 13 years old. I'm like, what is that? And the louvered <laughs> tail lamps back, you yeah. know, that that innovation, right, enabled us in design to do something completely different with the front end of, uh, of all of our vehicles. And then, you know, obviously all the way up to the navigator. And then, so I think to, to answer your question in a very roundabout way, um, the the, for us, the heritage is really about, you know, these, these different um, 
sort of, you know, uh, guiding stars throughout the timeline that always advanced us towards the future. And we're always their own statements. Um, but we're never, we're, we're not looking back to sort of, you know, recreate or reissue, you know, uh, you know, an old link. And that's, you know, we're always looking towards the future. And I think you, you can see that when you look at the star concept, it's, you know, it's a, it's a Lincoln most definitely, but uh, it's not a recreation of an old one. Oh, absolutely. And that, and that I think is the challenge for a company that um, like Ford, that other companies build cars and Ford Motor Company is blessed to build icons. And the challenge is you just can't keep repopping the same thing. And yet at the same time, you've got to make it connect with a whole new generation of people and yet understand the value of that fantastic heritage you know brands that stand the test of time uh, are usually because of people like you rob and uh, we really appreciate your time mike you know i don't know what you did you promise them anything mike like free beers or something maybe okay well, <laughs> well we're gonna have to get him out we're gonna have to get him out to uh to memories this year uh, at AAA, Mike, and have him come up the show. My, my question was for him, uh, Rob. So you're talking about everything you work on. You're you're buying now. So are you buying one of the old Suicide Door Lincoln Continentals? Uh, I can't say I haven't looked. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Rob. Do you know Paul Brewery? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Paul I, you Brewery know, has I, an actual old Continental. Yes. Yes. And, and, you know, there's actually another, uh, one of our designers who has this beautiful, uh, I, I want to say it's a 62 or 63, oh. absolutely gorgeous car. And, uh, you know, we, uh, you know, and, and Murray, you know, has, has one that we had in the studio for, a, you know, a long time. And, oh, yeah. um, they're just absolutely gorgeous cars there. They're, it's hard to resist. Well, we know you're Definitely. you've got the you know, the God's work up there with doing Lincoln, but you know sooner or later, all the Mustang fans I know with everybody in Moxham and Mike's club uh, definitely wants you to keep your eye on Mustang as it goes through this wonderful life of its um, its heritage and come on back to Mustang anytime you can. <laughs> I always would love to do it. You know, I, I always make my way back around so. Yeah, well, well best of luck with the, this. This Lincoln is that's going to be a challenge. We've got wonderful new technologies coming up, and Rob, you're the guy for it. We wanted again thank you for your time tonight and and sharing these memories with us. And we hope to see you at Mustang Memories. I know Mike will extend you an invitation to come out and hang with everybody because it's just just great talking to you. So thanks thanks again for your time. That's great. Well. It was, it was good talking to you guys again. We'll, have, well, we will certainly have to catch up soon. All righty. And ladies and gentlemen, we hope you enjoyed this Ford Performance version of the Mustang Owners Podcast. So until next time, we'll catch you down the road.